Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Ugh. I get a lot of questions about how can organizations ensure that DEI efforts are impactful. So that's what we're going to focus on. But I just have to, I have to tell you the backstory. So I started my career um, many years ago doing diversity work in organizations. And a big piece of my frustration was that I felt like lots of organizations were just checking the box because it was a, the thing to do. And I, I get frustrated now with people acting like DEI is something new and something that just emerged and we just started dealing with it. It's not new. Price Cobb, uh, the psychiatrist, the African-American psychiatrist, wrote Black Rage in the 1960s. Uh, Roosevelt Thomas wrote Beyond Race and Gender, and that was the seminal work for doing diversity work in the 80s and the 90s. So can we stop pretending that all this DEI stuff is new? Okay, can we just stop that? And can we stop pretending that we've made so much progress? Yeah, we've made some progress, but if we had made that much progress, we wouldn't be back here in the 2000s doing DEI work. Okay, so now I got that off my chest. Let me get back to this, the question, which is, are we doing well with DEI? Progressing in this area, it really does require a clear strategy. And I think that that's why so many efforts run amok and just fail to hit the target because there is no target. So strategy is important. And if you listen to my podcast, you know that I am a zealot about strategy. I don't care what you're doing in terms of your organizational interventions. You need a strategy. And I, as I said, a lot of DEI efforts fail because they lack strategy. They have a lot of passion and a lot of excitement and a, a lot of zeal for the concept, but no clarity on strategy. And I believe that if we don't have a strategy, we don't have real commitment. So I want to review 12 practices, I guess they're best practices that I think are critical that'll help you evaluate Hmm. Where are we on this DEI stuff? So I, I, I think of them as best practices, but they're not the only practices. And this isn't to say that I'm going to give you this exhaustive list of all the best practices. I just want to give you some things to think about as you are doing work in your organization on DEI. So let me get started on the 12. The first one is you must focus on the long game with a broad strategy that infuses DEI throughout the organization. I don't believe that your DEI strategy should be separate and apart from the organizational strategy. It needs to be woven in and integrated so that your DEI stuff, your goals, your objectives become a part of the fabric of the organization. Next one is organizational investment. How much time are you willing to put into this work? How much talent, meaning how many people are you willing to put into this work? And then the treasures, how much of your resources as an organization are you willing to put into this? It absolutely blows my mind when organizations will appoint a DEI officer 
or a VP of DEI and give them Zippo dollars for a budget or a budget that's so minuscule that it can accomplish absolutely nothing. So as an organization, are you investing time, talents, and treasures into this work? Next one is, you know, you got to examine your systems, your services, your processes, and your products. Doing the hard work of creating positive change related to DEI and related to the organization's future, it is systems-level work. It's not just change at the margins. It really is change at the core of the organization. So you've got to be in the habit of examining your systems, your services, your processes, and your products. That brings me to the next one, which is all about alignment. One of the best practices that I see is alignment. That's when what an organization says, okay, prints or spreads about their DEI commitment, that's when that is in complete alignment with what they do internally, with what they do to, with, and for their people. Um, both their internal stakeholders and their external stakeholders. It's all about creating alignment with the systems that you use, with what you offer in terms of your products and your services and your processes. The fifth one on there is examining and adjusting decision-making processes. Hmm. Yeah, this is when we look at how do we as leaders make our decisions? <laughs> what do we do? What goes into it? Um, what are the practices that we use for making decisions? Really examining that, and I mean all kinds of decisions, hiring decisions, promotion decisions, decisions about resource allocation, decisions about policies and practices related to teleworking, all of our decisions, what, what does that look like? I find that organizations that do well with advancing DEI goals and objectives are those that really do look at how they make decisions and they are willing to make adjustments in those practices and processes. Next one up, number six is... Do you have examples for people of how to change behaviors on the individual and collective levels? One of the best things that we can do is to give people new tools. I would say, I was going to say initially that 95% of us have, you know, good intentions, but I don't know. The more I watch the news, I, I don't think my 95% is so accurate. I'm getting a little cynical here. Let's just say I think that most of us have good intentions, um, but we need some tools. We need to know how to change behaviors, how to ask questions. Those are the kinds of tools that we need to get through not just formal education, training, and learning in the organization, but having a safe enough environment where I can ask questions about my behavior without you know, fear of repercussions or fear of being labeled. So giving people those examples is an important best practice. Next one is to, and this is number seven, to create consistent methods for interactions 
among people from different groups. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. To create lots of opportunities where all kinds of people are working together. Making sure that we have been very intentional about pulling together diverse work groups and diverse teams, having diverse leadership, so that it is not strange for me to have to interact with someone who is markedly different from myself. So really creating an organization where diversity is the norm, where collaboration is the norm, where people have opportunities to connect across lines of difference. Number eight is making sure that there is a learning plan for everyone in the organization, um, a comprehensive learning plan. Now, now let me tell you what I mean by this. Lots of organizations are doing these one-shot diversity training things and kind of checking the mark that we did DEI training for everybody. And that wears me out too, because it's the silliest thing. You don't learn anything through one-shot education. I believe that the organizations that do the best in terms of their overall development, organizational development, are those that have really comprehensive approaches to learning, that uh, foster learning as a uh, core piece of who they are as an organization. So when we think about DEI, what I'm talking about is really having a clear plan that addresses all of the nuances of DEI and making sure that in all of your education, you have different, again, nuances of DEI woven in. So it's not just a standalone, you know, we do the the DEI training once a year over here. No, it's more like this. We're doing executive development, and in that executive development, we make sure that there are components of DEI woven into that development. We're doing uh, customer service work. We're doing customer service education. So we make sure that in our customer service training modules, we have integrated DEI in there. So that's what I'm talking about, about using a comprehensive approach to learning. Let's move to number nine. And this is all about measurement, both the qualitative measurement and quantitative measurement. I think it's important to create appropriate measurements. So what I mean by that is that you're not just surveying people every day, every week. No, we need to be thinking about what are some ways to measure people's experiences in the organization. And sure, surveys may be a part of that. Focus groups may be a part of that. Uh, One-on-one interviews may be a part of that. There are any number of ways that you can measure both qualitatively and quantitatively. Now, I'm a big believer that if you're going to use surveys, use them sparingly and keep them short. Number 10, we've got to reshape internal and external communications so that they align, again, with DEI goals and objectives. So that means looking at what are we putting out into the world? What are we putting out in the organization? What is the language that we have accepted? What is the language that we use? You know, have we absolutely positively extricated the word minority from our vocabulary? Yep, that's uh, another word that I think we need to examine because the root is minor. Have we extricated things like third world nation 
from our vocabulary. Who's in the first world? Who's in the second world? What are you talking about here? So really examining what is the language that we're using, how much of our language is pejorative, and how much of our language furthers oppression and domination. So reshaping communication is critical. Eleventh is implementing bias-free recruitment for your board of directors, for your executives, for your leadership, for your staff. What this means in terms of being a best practice is that the organization will have really looked at how do we recruit, where do we recruit from, what are the standards that we measure people by, what is the language that we're using in our discussions of candidates, what are all of those things, what are those things. And then number 12 is to focus on building effective commitment not just compliance to DEI goals, but really building commitment inside of the organization from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the middle, from the middle up, all around the organization. That real commitment will show up. Um, People know when you're just going through the motions and when we're just being, you know, checking a box and we're just complying. So, the last of the best, best practices is really critical, which is building that affective commitment, not compliance. Now, don't feel like you have to use or model each of the 12 practices that I just went through with you. My personal belief is that best practices are unique to each organization. I want you to use these 12 things as thought starters that you can modify to meet your needs. I want you to use them as discussion points when topics of DEI come up in the organization, kind of as litmus tests. Uh, The other piece I want to stress is that no matter what you do regarding DEI, do it with a sincere commitment to sustaining positive change. Make sure that you hear the voices of your detractors as well as your supporters. We have a tendency to ignore or stifle the voices of people who appear not to be supportive. And what you really need to do is show respect for all perspectives, all perspectives. And that doesn't mean that you allow them to derail your work. It means that everyone has been heard. So as you think about these 12 points, think about How can we make sure that everyone's heard? How can we make sure that we are being strategic? How can we make sure that everything that we do in the organization is aligned with our DEI goals and objectives? And how can we be sure that this isn't just a a one shot because it's popular? How can we make sure that what we're creating is sustainable and that it matters to us as an organization. So my goal in this podcast is to just give you these 12 points, potential best practices that you can use, that you can adopt, that you can adapt. And in doing this, it's because I believe that we are all meant to be here together and that we each have a responsibility for creating the bridges, the bridges that protect us all. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. 
Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.